I have great expectation that you came in this room one way, but you'll leave another. And I'm not talking about locationally. You came through that door and you left out that one. I'm saying you came in broken and you're going to leave healed. You came in with sorrow. You're going to leave with joy. You came in frustrated. You're going to leave with, with some more expectation in your life that God is in control. I have so much expectation that whatever you need God to do, he will do in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and let's just pray over the service and pray that God would have his way. If you feel comfortable, if you could just lift your hands toward heaven. We're going to begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of your word and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that sicknesses and diseases would go, that people would be healed in this place. I pray that people that have been bound, that will be freed from their addictions in this place. I pray that by the authority of your word and by the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would change us today, that your anointing would fall in this place, and that you would have your way, God, that we would respond to the word of God. And as we respond to you, God, you always respond to us. Have your way. Let your perfect will be done in this place. And I pray that the gift of faith would be an operation. I pray that the anointing of God would be released and that you'd give me the words to speak and that you'd give them the ears to hear and their eyes to see. Open their understanding to receive from you exactly what it is that you want to put into their spirit. By the authority of your word and by the power that's in the name of Jesus, have your way in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and thank God for his presence. I had a man of God tell me before I came up here that he felt angels in the room. He felt angels moving all throughout the building. That's not by accident. There is a reason that you feel what you feel. There's a reason some of you want to cry. There's a reason some of you want to dance. There's a reason some of you feel your heart beginning to be pulled because God is in the room and he's trying to respond to you. But you cannot get from him if you don't respond back to him. When you respond to God, he always responds to you. But your response is going to determine what you get from God. You can't get anything from God if you don't respond to God. He's done everything he's ever done on the cross. He died. He shed his blood. Now he said, the ball's in your court, baby. Will you respond to me? Because I've already done everything I can do for you. Now you respond to me and I'll reach right back down for you and pull you out of your pit. There's faith in this house. We already heard the man of God told me there's angels in this house. I believe that in Jesus' name. And of course, more than anything, Jesus is in this house. John chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read from two different translations. The scripture says in John 5, 1, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting for the moving of the water. They had to wait for the moving of the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time. 
38 years he had this infirmity. And when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, will you be made whole? The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man. I've got no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another step it down before me. And you feel that way? Just when you're about to get it, it just seems like, man, somebody else got it. I'm just too broken. I'm just too messed up. I just don't have what it takes. It just seems like somebody else is getting theirs, but I'm just over here laying here because I've got no man. Am I talking to anybody? He said, I've got no man, but someone else gets there before me when the pool is troubled. And while I'm coming, another man steps in. And Jesus said unto him, Jesus said, forget the pool. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And the man immediately was made whole, took up his bed and walked. On that same day was the Sabbath. I give honor to our bishop and our pastor and all these great men of God. I thank God for them. Can we clap our hands for these great men of God? And I'm thankful for you that you're here in the house. How many of you feel like every time you're about to get something, it just seems like, man, they got it because they've got it. They've got it better than me. They're stronger than me. They're, they're smarter than me. They've, they've got more than what it takes than me. I can't get where I need to go. These people had to wait by the pool. You can be seated. They had to wait by the pool and wait countless hours and days and months and probably even some years. Because the Bible said they had to wait for certain seasons for the water to be troubled. The water just wouldn't be troubled for no reason. It was at a certain season. A lot of people thought it was the feast. So that's that's even harder to get your miracle because you got people from all over the place coming to the same pool to try to get theirs. And the one man at 38 years with an infirmity, and we, we can tell he couldn't walk, and we, or we have no other ideas what else his problem was, but he was an impotent man, couldn't walk. He had issues, who knows if his arms were, we don't know what his deal was, but we know he couldn't walk. And for 38 years, this man st- stayed right next to the pool trying to get in, and he said, I need somebody to push me into this thing. I can't get, I can't get there myself. I, I need somebody else to help me. Every time he thought this could be my opportunity and the waters began to be troubled, somebody else got a miracle. Somebody else received something from God and he was stuck in his situation. I'm talking to some people where you've been dealing with offenses for years, 38 years. You've been, you've been dealing with sicknesses and diseases and you've been dealing with addictions. You've been dealing with all types of stuff and it just seems like you're just right there at the pool. You're right about to get what you need from God, but you just don't have somebody to push you in. You don't have somebody to get you to that place where you can receive from God what he has for you and it leaves you frustrated and even hopeless. And God is trying to speak to you, say, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking at the pool, but who's the one that stirs the pool? Who's the one that comes down and puts the miraculous into the pool to give you your miracle? I'm talking to some people on a Pentecost Sunday where some of you have been seeking for the Holy Ghost, but you just haven't got it yet. You feel too broken. You feel like your infirmities are too much, too strong. I can't get from God what I need. And God's trying to speak to you to say, you're not correct. You're wrong. You've missed it. You're looking in the wrong place. You're looking at the pool. You're looking at the method. I've got something for you. I want to give you. It comes from me. 
Oh my God, I will. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. People will be healed. People will be changed. People will be filled. God's going to do something in your life if you'll let him. He said to Jesus, I try, but I just can't make it. But obviously he was hopeless, but he was not completely hopeless. He could have said, Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus, I don't know what you, I don't know, know what you're trying to give me. I, I, it's, it's, it's too much. I don't even know who you are. Why are you talking to me? But instead he said, I have no man. I find it interesting that you've got who knows how many people, hundreds of people. And I was reading about this and they say that the porches were covered probably by the people of that area to cover for the impotent folk that were dealing with a situation to protect them from the weather. So they began to put them in a place where they would protect them and say, I'm sorry, whenever the season comes, it comes. I hope it works out. Just stay under this covered porch. At least you won't get rained on. I'm not going to say you're going to get healed, but at least you won't get rained on. You just, I'll try to make you as comfortable as possible. And if the waters don't move and you can't get in in time, I'm sorry. It's unfortunate, but many times that happens in our lives where people tell us, well, I hope it works out. If not, so what? I hope you get healed. I hope you get delivered. We know all about Celebrate Recovery and God is helping many people get through their addiction. But how many people? are dealing with addictions where they say, well, I hope you get through this. I hope you make it past this. Just go through these methods and maybe they'll work. But God's trying to speak to you that there's something else that's much greater than the method. There's a person behind it all that is supernatural. He's the all-knowing, all-powerful God. He's the one that spoke things into existence, and he's even the one that created you. And he's trying to tell you there's something greater than that water. There's something greater than the methods that you have been so accustomed to. All the people were stuck, waiting, watching. And Jesus walks up to this man. Watch this. Jesus walks up to this man and says, rise up and walk. Watch this. Sorry, I need a quick drink. Watch this. The man is laying here, right? Do you think he was the only one laying there? How many other people were laying there? A lot. He's laying there on the ground. And this man named Jesus walks up to him and says, rise up and walk. Because he says, I'm no man. Do you not think there were other people around watching that happen? But while the while while he's getting healed, watch this. While he's getting healed. The other men are standing there staring at the pool, waiting for the moving of the water. You got a man who's standing sitting right next to them in front of the water. And one man pops up and he's healed. God completely delivers his body, makes him completely whole while you've got all the other people still staring at the water. You're not hearing me. I'm saying there were people that watched the man get healed, but it messed with their convent. It messed. It was unconventional. It messed with the way that they saw things. They think it has to be the water. They think it's got to be this way. And then a man pops up and he's healed. And they say they probably look at him and go, I don't know how that happened. When's the angel coming to move the water? I'm talking to some people where God comes to you in ways that you might not expect. But if you're going to keep looking at the old methods and keep staring at the other ways that it's supposed to happen while Jesus is looking you face to face saying, if you would just respond to me, if you would respond to me, I would heal you. I would fill you. I would deliver you. But you're stuck staring at the water, waiting for it to move, for it to be troubled because you've heard it work before. And God is saying, I, I am standing right in front of you. And watch what he says. He says, I have no man. 
He was right. He had no man, but he was looking for the wrong man. The right man showed up and his name was Jesus. And when Jesus showed up, he said, I am the man. Rise up and walk. You don't even have to touch that water. Just come with me and I'll make you whole. I will heal your body. Oh my God. I'm telling you, we've got to stop looking at the water, at the method, thinking that's the only way that God can heal and fill. God will do it any way he wants. And I'm telling you here in this place, you might not be accustomed to being in a church building and beginning to feel goosebumps and feeling God move and do. Well, that's for the hospitals for people to get healed. No, no, no. It's right here in the building where the house of God is. When Jesus shows up, he can fill you. He can change you. He can touch you. He can do whatever you need. Stop worrying about what the culture says. Stop worrying about what everybody else is watching. While everybody is stuck looking at the water, a man is walking home. I don't want to see anybody in this place that is going through an addiction, that is going through emptiness, that is struggling with some difficult things in life to walk out of here because you didn't see the water troubled in your eyes. You didn't see it happen the way you thought it was supposed to happen. But as I'm preaching, if God begins to draw you, if God begins to try to pull you out of your addiction, out of your situation, out of your offense, and he wants to fill your emptiness, if you respond, he's in the house. And he will respond to you on the spot. I feel faith in this place. I feel faith in this place. Some of you right now, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You feel something already beginning to tug at your heart. Your body's staying still. But your heart begins to say, I feel something about this Jesus. I feel this Jesus beginning to pull me in my seat. I feel something beginning to pull. That is Jesus standing right in front of you saying, Rise up and walk. Come with me. I will take you somewhere. But I'm sitting on a church seat. I'm supposed to be quiet. I'm not supposed to move. But the Jesus of the Bible is here in this place, his spirit. And he's speaking to your spirit, telling you to get out, to stand up, to use your strength that you've got to push off so you can be delivered. Oh, God, I wish somebody would clap. The power of God is here. Clap your hands. The glory of God is here. There's an anointing in this place. Somebody clap. Somebody clap. The power of God is here. My God. My God. That is just like us. We are waiting for the wrong thing. We are waiting and hoping, well, maybe a certain man, not Jesus, maybe a certain preacher. Maybe a certain medicine, maybe a certain this, maybe a certain that. And while you're sitting there waiting at the pool, Jesus is saying, rise up and walk, rise up and walk, rise up and walk. I'm trying to do something, but he's got to get you to make a decision. This is a part a lot of people don't talk about. Your decision will determine your miracle. Your decision will determine your filling. You're the Holy Ghost filling. Your decision will determine you being freed from addiction. Your decision will determine how deep you go in God. Your decision will determine what God does in your life. Your decision. A lot of people like to read about how he hopped up and he ran. There had to be some strength. There had to be something that he did to show his faith to God. Where he showed that I'm going to do everything I can in my power. And the Holy Ghost, the power of God, the miraculous kicked in and boom. His ankle, ba- his ankle bones got strength. His legs got strength. He was able to walk like he was never able to walk before. 
My whole point is that you can sit on that seat all day. You can sit there till Monday morning and we might not even be here. We probably won't. But guess what? Nothing will happen for you unless you make a decision. I've got to be healed. I've got to be freed. I've got to be changed. I've got to get where I need to go. And once you make that decision and you respond to Jesus, the miraculous begins to work. The power of God will begin to change your life. My God. It is just like us to limit God to a location and a time. It was a certain season and a certain place. We do that all day long. Well, God, I know you can't do anything in my life unless I am completely perfect, made no sinful mistakes, unless I have eaten the right cereal, unless I have done exactly what I'm supposed to do, haven't hurt anybody, Lucky Charms, brother. I, lucky Charms. I, I don't roll with Lucky Charms, but, oh, he's saying that's somebody else. Lucky Charms. We think exactly like that. And so what happens is your faith begins to be stripped from you because you have now boxed God in to a certain location in a certain time. And God is saying, while you are boxing me in, I'm standing right in front of you trying to get you out of your situation. They were stuck staring at the water while the man was walking. And I bet you thousands of people, every Passover, whatever feast it was, would sit right by that pool while Jesus is spitting on the ground and wiping on people's eyes and they're getting healed. While he's looking at somebody, be, be, be healed, young lady. Your faith has made you whole. And speaking words of faith. You see, there were thousands of people that sat by the pool while God is doing unconventional miracles. He's doing things that people have never expected or have ever thought could happen. Because God's going to respond differently than you might think. But will you respond back? They were stuck by the pool. They were stuck getting their feet wet. I bet you some of them were probably halfway in almost all the time. Because they were like, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. And you can call that faith to some degree. But when you hear there's a man who's walking all throughout Jerusalem and all throughout Israel, healing people, delivering people, demons are coming out. People are forever being changed. They got they got Pharisees that are beginning to start to get converted. There is stuff beginning to happen in the atmosphere and they are still sitting by the water. And the God, the spirit of the God, the one that stirred the water in the first place was standing right before them. The God that came down in the water. You see, we get stuck on the very thing that God uses as the vessel to do a work. But God's trying to get you to get your eyes off of the vessel and get your eyes on the one who did it in the first place. And I'm telling you here on Pentecost Sunday, it was not about the pool. It was about the God who stirred the pool. And the God who stirred the pool was the one standing right outside of the pool and never touched the water and healed the man. And everybody else kept staring at the water. I'm telling you that God will do a work in your life. The scripture says in Luke 8, 40 through 48, Jesus was walking. And as he went, the people thronged him. They literally were so pressed up against them, the man could barely move. He was probably walking like this. It was like Christmas shopping. They thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years which had spent all her living upon physicians. 
neither could be healed of any. She kept going to a pool, hoping, thinking, maybe this will change my situation. Maybe this will change. I've heard it's happened before. Going to a pool, trying to go to a method. Tried, and I know that it wasn't supernatural, but that's what I'm saying is that even whether it's supernatural or not, we get stuck on the methods and we forget about the God who's the, who's the one in the first place who offered healing, who offered peace, who offered hope, who offered joy. We forget about the God who's the one in the first place that created us and spoke all these things into existence. She came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, who touched me? I know you all, some of you might have heard this before, but he's asking who touched this, who touched him while he's getting pressed against and he can barely even walk. Because there was something different that happened the way that this woman grabbed his garment. There was something different about the the crowd that was going The whole crowd was going the way that the crowd usually goes, going the way, the the method, thinking that this is the only way it's going to work. We just got to, we got to go where this man goes and all that. And what I I understand, Jesus was the one that heals, but everybody was probably following because they saw the crowd going that direction. People were sitting by the pool because they saw the crowd by the pool, but they forgot about the very one who's the one that stirred it. They forgot about the, who's the one in the man, Christ Jesus, doing the work in the first place came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And immediately the blood stopped and Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude, they throng thee, they press against thee. And you say, who touched me? Jesus said, no, somebody has touched me for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. What he's saying is that there's a difference between people being around me And people actually touching me where virtue, healing, grace, peace, joy, hope flows out of me. Just because you're in the vicinity of Jesus, just like the others at the pool, doesn't mean you've been touched by Jesus. But it's about your response to Jesus that will determine what he's doing in your life or what he's going to do in that moment. It's about your response to God. We see it time after time after time. Just because he's around or he's in the room does not mean you will be healed. Does not mean you will be filled. Does not mean you'll be delivered. It's about your response to God. Somebody has touched me. She was healed immediately and said unto her daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. She was trembling and falling down before him. And she declared before all the people. She had touched him out. She was healed immediately. God touched her body, made her completely whole because she reached for him. And when she got the hem of his garment, she was made whole. There's another story in John eleven four. It says, when Jesus had heard, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Can somebody hear that again? The sickness is not unto death. Well, Mike, I'm not sick. I'm just going through some junk. Your junk is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Your financial, what you think ruin is not unto death or ruin, but for the glory of God. Your situation where people are hurting you or coming against you is not unto your death, but for the glory of God. Whatever your situation is, it is for a purpose. But how will you respond? 
Somebody hear me. God is trying to tell us through these scriptures with the man Lazarus. He was dead. One of his best friends, one of his closest friends had died and Jesus had compassion on him. But he waited for him to be dead for four days. Four days. That's a long time. It's a long time. And verse 40, Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that thou, if you would believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou had heard me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they might believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did and believed on him. Jesus did a miracle for a man that was dead for four days. Four days, an impossible situation. Jesus knows how to, those people, they laughed in this situation. I don't think they laughed. I think they were just crying. But people would laugh at him and say, you're crazy. You cannot, that cannot happen. We've never seen such things. But when he shows up and then he begins to engage you and you respond to him, God does something that's never been done before. Will you allow him to do that in your life? God wants to also release internal healing in this place. I'm not just talking about a physical healing. I'm talking about you've got stuff in your heart that has kept you broken and bound and shackled. You've been so frustrated and so hurt and so wounded. And God will come here and begin to put the balm on your heart and begin to heal those places, those deep places where there's such hard wounds. But how will you respond to him? Because your response is where the decision is made, where God can then reach down and forever change you. Whether it's an impossible situation, whether you've been stuck in the same situation for 30 some years, or whether you're so desperate that you got to get to the altar and get a hold of God, no matter what anyone else does. If I can just get to Jesus and just get a hold of the bottom of his of his garment, then maybe something will happen. There's there's some people that are desperate. Some people are just walking about life. But either way, when you respond, God always comes back to you and he responds to you and your situation will never be the same. And I'm telling you on this Pentecost Sunday, there are people in this place that have not been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And just like that place, when they responded to God in the upper room and God filled them with the Holy Ghost, he'll do the same thing for you. But they responded. There was 120 people that left where Jesus was and went to the upper room. They started with 500. They ended with 120. 120 responded. The 380 went home. 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost. The 380 were sitting at home. Your response will determine what happens in your life. Your response will determine what God does in your heart. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to help somebody in this place. I'm not just speaking because I read this in a book somewhere. I'm talking God has done it in my life. I was sitting at a Virginia campground where God got a hold of me. And then one day I had fractured my back playing football. I had a low, lower lumbar seven vertebrae fracture and I was hurt. It, it, it was bad. I could, I could, I could walk. I could not run at 16 years old, broke 
uh, a lumbar seven vertebrae. It, w- it was painful. But I was sitting in a service where a man of God got up to preach and said, God is present to heal. The power of God is in this place. And I believe that word. And I said, you know what? I don't care if you all don't think that it should happen here because we're in a campground. We're not in a stained glass building. I don't really care because if Jesus is here, then I want to get a hold of God and I want to be healed. I don't care what waters you're looking for. They said Jesus is here. So I got my strength and I went up to the altar and they made a prayer line I said you know what I'm going to walk through this thing and God came down and he healed my body and I've had no pain ever since I was 18 years old I have been healed I've seen Jesus show up I've seen God change I've seen God heal I've seen God deliver have you have you stepped out in faith Oh my God, there is a faith that's in this place. There is a faith. I was at a campus. I was preaching at a campus. Listen to me. I was at a campus. A campus. A college campus. You think any waters could get troubled at a college campus? <coughs> yeah, troubled the wrong way. For sure. They're troubled, all right. <laughs> and we were preach. I was preaching. The power of God in a classroom power of God began to fall and people lifted their hands college students in the middle of a classroom lifted their hands towards heaven and we began to pray and God began to fill people with the gift of the Holy Ghost like some of you are about to experience in a few minutes people were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues and one young man lifted his hands and God filled him and I could smell nicotine on his breath and something came over me and I said in the name of Jesus I take authority over this nicotine I command you to be free in Jesus name I command every shackle every chain that these cigarettes have you bound I command you be broke they be broken and you be healed and he was praying in other tongues and the Holy Ghost was falling on him and he came up to me after that service he said man that was a powerful experience I said yes it was and he said I went outside to smoke and he said I had one more cigarette left and I'm poor I don't have much money so I I cherish those things I only had one left I said okay he said I was smoking And I got halfway done the cigarette and something came over me. And something came over me where I didn't even desire to smoke it anymore. I took that thing. I threw it in the trash. And brother, trust me. He's like, I don't ever do that. I cherish these things. I get every last puff. God did something to me today. God has delivered me from cigarettes. I don't even want them anymore. He responded by faith. And God responded to my God. There is, I wish somebody would let loose in this place. And they would give God glory. Because you're about to be changed. You're about to be freed. You're about to be healed. God will do for you whatever you will allow him to do. There is something, clap your hands. There is something that is in this place. And some of you in this moment are staring at the pool saying, nah, nah, this isn't for me. Nah, and God is saying, I'm here. I'm present. I'm present. I'm present. I wish somebody would let loose. I wish somebody would let go. I wish somebody would respond to God. There is something that is in this place. My God. Come on, clap your hands. It's here. Clap your hands. It's here. There is something in this place right now. Come on. God's going to fill you. God's going to change you. God's going to fill you. The Holy Ghost is here. Come on. I don't care. It's been years. I don't care if it's been days or months. You've got to respond to God. 
Come on, in this atmosphere, you respond right now. God's going to start moving on you. Grab somebody next to you. Begin to pray. Grab somebody next to you. Begin to pray. If you want to get a hold of his garment, come to this altar, and God will heal you. God will fill you. Come to this altar. God is doing something in this place. My God, there's something here. There's something here. There's something here. Come on, we saw a girl in Estonia. She couldn't breathe out of one side of her nose, but she responded to God. We laid hands and God healed her. She can breathe through her nose fine now. What is it that you need from God? What is it that you need from God? Come on. You don't need to wait for the waters to be troubled. Jesus is already present. He is already present. His angels are in the building. His power is here. When you respond to God, God always responds to you. If you got somebody next to you that needs the Holy Ghost, ask them if they want it and bring them up front. We're going to pray and God is going to heal. He's going to fill. God is going to do something in this place. Come on, if you're with somebody that needs something from God, bring them with them. You can be the one to be delivered from addiction. You can be the one to be delivered from whatever you need. Come on, God is here. God is here. His power is here. The glory is going to fall. The glory is going to fall. The glory is going to fall. Come on, one time me and a friend, we stopped on the side of the road. We saw a young man that looked hurting and broken. And we stopped on the side of the road and said, you need the Holy Ghost. God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost on the side of the road. Because when Jesus is present, you don't need the waters to be troubled. You don't need the waters to be troubled. Come on, there's something here. There's something here. There's something here. If you need peace, God will release peace into your spirit. God will release peace into your spirit. God will release peace into your spirit. What is it that you need from him? What is it that you're longing for that you think maybe it'll never happen? Come on, maybe you think it's never possible for you to get pregnant. Maybe you think it's never possible for God to ever do a work in your life. Lift your hands and God will help you. God will heal your body. Maybe you've got a situation going on that is acute and that you think the doctors told you it can't work, it can't happen. Come on, there's something in this place. There is something in this place. There is something in this place. Get your hands on somebody and pray. Get your hands on somebody and pray. Stop waiting for a convenient season. Stop waiting for a certain somebody. Stop waiting for a certain celebrity. Stop waiting for particular feelings. Get a hold of God right now. you know someone that needs the Holy Ghost, talk with them. Tell them God will fill them. If you need the Holy Ghost, come up front. We'll pray. We will pray and God will do a work.
He's present to heal. He's present to fill. He's present to forever change. He is present in this place. while you're not responding to the one who created you the one that has the power to change you come on some of you need to let go of your depression your anxiety you got to give it to God some of you have been depressed for too long You've been anxious for too long. you got to surrender that to God right now. Come on, God will get rid of your suicidal thoughts if you surrender them. you got to surrender them. you got to surrender your heart, your whole heart. God responds to you. Whatever your pool of Bethesda is, get rid of it. And respond to Jesus that is in this place. Get rid of your pool of Bethesda. God only put that in there in the beginning to get them expectation that it can happen. Miracles can happen. But now he does them. Now he releases himself. is how you get from God it's all dependent upon your response respond to him at your seat right here respond to him at your seat just respond just respond I don't care if you gotta lift your hands if you gotta bow your head just respond to Jesus who is present Searching 